Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right, live from a once again Rick revamped Studio B. It's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Tonight, presented by DraftKings. Want to get a head start on your daily fantasy season? Then go to arenasportsnet.com right now and click on the banner at the top of the screen. DraftKings, daily fantasy sports for cash. And Richard, please play responsibly. Yes, sir, Richard. And I must say, I have to hand it to you, Rick. Studio B is really oh, shaping up. It is. It, it's looking good. I'm, I'm happy about it. We're dual microphoning now. We are set up for video. Look, look it's going to be bad. Do We, we have a uh, YouTube channel, right? Don't yeah. We? And we also have faces for radio, but well, you know what? Yeah. We don't care. Yeah, what it's going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. First of all, there's going to be no music because YouTube's real funny about all the music and the rights and things. So it'll just sort of be dry audio. We're going to pick one segment a week. We're going to try recording it. Look, it, here's what it is. It's going to be what you're hearing right now. It's going to be one static camera. If you just want to see our big, dumb, ugly mugs in Studio B, and you can see us pointing at each other and making faces at each other, that's what you're going to get otherwise, just more of the show, more to put it out there to have a little fun. And maybe this will be a step, Rick, right, towards doing something legitimately video. It's going to be our first foray into it. Well, of course. And we will probably get a share of views on the first one, yeah, just and then to see, that's it. See our big dumb ugly <laughs> yeah. faces. And once and, they get a look at us, yeah. they're done. Well, I am never looking at that monster again, and I get that, and that, and that's fine. But more of an experimentation, so we're going to work on that. But Rick, we have got to get to it. We got a packed show. We got our boy, the Fantasy Greek, joining us in segment two. We're going to play another game in three. We got a full listener mailbag in segment four. Rick, we have got a ton going on here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. That's right. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show. And you know what, Rick? Football is king. You know, I, we have playoff races in baseball. Don't care. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't be any less interested. I know. We had the United States just wipe them out in Olympic medal count. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. No. I mean, it's NFL football. Once the Olympics are over, you can't care anymore. I can get wrapped up into it for a couple hours at a time. I was into the – he's not United States, but I was into the Usain Bolt thing for about 36 hours. Michael Phelps had me ge- geeked up for three or four days. That idiot Ryan Lochte had me all stirred up there for a little bit. But now it's over, and I don't care. And finally, week three of the preseason, Rick, we may actually learn something. We may see something of of value, of interest. So that's what I'm geeked up for. That's what the headlines are going to be. That's what the game's going to be. We know the mailbag's full of fantasy questions and not-so-fantasy questions. There's a couple good ones in there, Rick, I think Uh you'll really enjoy. Uh Uh-oh. So let's get right into it so we can wrap this up and get to your boy, the fantasy Greek. Rick, this one stunned me. The Bills cut Carlos Williams. He's cleared waivers. He's a free agent. Hearing up to five teams interested in him. What I found interesting, the only one he's visited to this point is the Jets. Carlos Williams showed some flashes last year. I think he makes a difference wherever he winds up, but I hope it's not the Jets. I, You know, I'm not all that surprised or thrilled to be honest with you he didn't come into camp in very good shape doesn't display a very positive attitude now that could be a coaching thing I don't know but you know I think he's going to have to 
really step up and grab the horse by the reins and have a positive attitude if he's going to make any difference at all. Yeah, look, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. He, he showed some real flashes last year. Got kind of a nose for the end zone, a real good yards per carry. So I think he makes a difference. I don't think he's a number one anywhere, but if he lands in the right place, New England's the first thing, first name that popped up because New England likes to do. Let's take a Buffalo guy, and then he'll, if he does nothing else, he'll finish the season with 320 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns against Buffalo in two games. Anyhow, right. the Jets it could be interesting. A little crowded back there, depending on Matt Forte's health and what their plan is for him. But that could be telling on Matt Forte, I think, if they would bring in Carla. But I don't want to speculate. Not, nothing's happened quite yet. No, and as Carlos Williams, I mean, you're looking, what, Belil Powell, who has been the last couple years not super dependable. I mean, he gets banged up a little bit. Right. With the age of Matt Forte, even if they do bring in a, a Williams or something like that, it just could be adding depth, just a precautionary measure. Yeah, yeah it, it never hurts. You can never have too many uh... – too many good sets of legs in that backfield. Rick, Le'Veon Bell's, as always happens right after we go off the oh, yeah. air, Le'Veon Bell's suspension reduced to three games. That one's kind of a stunner to me. Either he did it and he violated the policy, which is a four-game suspension, or he didn't, and as Le'Veon Bell told us at the beginning of this, it should be no suspension. Where the hell did three games come from? Just like last year we went from, what, three to two? And now we go from four to three. It seems like they're acknowledging the NFL had some culpability in all this, but not enough. To, the, the whole thing, we never got a good explanation on it. The whole thing doesn't make a lick of sense to me whatsoever. Well, I don't know if you heard anything. I, I happened to listen to the, the interview with Drew Brees on Tiki and Tyranny this morning. I certainly didn't listen to that. And I wasn't aware there was a Tiki in it. Is that like Tiki Barber? Yes. Really? Yeah. And they interviewed Drew Brees, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it is actually looking like the players are really buckling down and preparing for a lockout come the end of this contract. Yeah, I did see. I mean, Drew Brees said that you can't believe anything the NFL says. And, I mean, it, it just basically – Really confrontational, really negative. Right, right. And, you know, he he's basically saying that a lot of these guys are saving money and, I mean, they're getting ready for the worst. Yeah, there was something came out of Steelers uh, practice today. I don't think it was attributed to, attributed to anyone. I just saw it on Twitter in, in a you know, real flash. I didn't even go on and read the story that said the players are fully expecting, preparing for a lockout in 2020, a long lockout. Like, there's going to be no football in 2020 because, I don't know, you know, I don't see the league changing in any way. This I have never seen such a, such a chasm between labor and management as we're seeing in the NFL right now. No, and it takes things like that sometimes to bring the machine down a little bit. Is the only thing I can I can think of, but who's who can hold out longer? That's the problem. Yeah, it, it, does it's he, billionaires versus millionaires. Billionaires well, are going to win, right? However, the billionaires still have, you know, the futures, the cities, the fans, right, and, right. and leases, and all this kind of things to contend with. You know, 
how much do they give? I mean, of course, it's 2016. We've right. got a long way to go before we even worry about that. But I'll tell you what, I, I see something nasty coming up. Yeah, it, it, uh, you almost have to plan for We'll have to start working on our plan now, Rick, right. for the show. Until, I don't know if we'll make it a curling show or get real into the NBA. 2020, I don't know. 2020 now it's Summer Olympics again, right? Because uh, we had Summer Olympics oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, so oh, that'll man. be over. We're going to be in a world chess. Uh, chess. What do you talk well, about? Well, it's as boring as anything else. <laughs> How do you talk about chess, though? Yeah. Oh, look at that move. Yeah, and then you, you sit he, for an hour. And- <laughs> he, he picked up his horsey and made the L, right? The horsey makes Speaking the L. Speaking of nasty, you see the uh, the San Diego Chargers pulled the you know quote unquote best offer from uh, Bo- Joey Boza, and you know issued a statement. And I'll read you the statement coming right from the San Diego um, Chargers reps. We gave Joey's representatives our best offer last night, which was rejected today. The offer that we extended was for Joey to contribute during all 16 games and beyond. Joey's ability to contribute for an entire rookie season has now been jeopardized by the valuable time he has missed with his coaches and his teammates. Since Joey will not report at this time, his ability to produce not just early in the season but throughout the entire season has been negatively impacted. It's pretty strong impacted, words for management. Yeah. It's basically saying, you know what? That was as good as it got. Right. So they're moving on, I guess, right? Could be. I don't know. There's a well, point well, I think it's past where if he was to have been traded, it would have happened had to happen already. So. Well, word is they are reorganizing their next best offer. Okay. This one's gone now because it's rejected. And it's like a, what we were talking about last week on the show. I was really worried that you get a rookie kid missing camp. Now he's missing time. Right. College guys never are in NFL condition. No, no very okay? rarely. Very rarely. Now they get, now he's going off on another year. I mean, by the looks of it, who knows what's going to happen? But I tell you what, it's this could be this could be very destructive for his career. Oh no, no question. This year's gone. Yeah, I mean, we have to assume this isn't going to be cleared up by tomorrow. So let's say best case scenario, this thing's cleared up in a week it's going to be how many weeks, Rick? Three or four before you could even consider him game ready. And then your argument that I tend to agree with quite often is when that does happen, then he's going to suffer some sort of injury very early on because that's what happens when these guys miss camp. So this year's gone. Look, we got Bose's mother out there yapping that she wishes they'd have pulled an Eli Manning when dealing with San Diego. I quite frankly think at this point he just wants out. And he's willing to give up a year. I don't know. Does he come from means? I don't even know. He must, must that he can just sit out this year, take no money, and hope they move him in the offseason. Because if I'm not mistaken, well, they have, they're past the point where they can do anything with him this year. He signs or he sits. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it's basically a, a, a Mexican standoff right, right. now. I mean, it, it's they're just staring at each other. I mean, well, you know, it's, it's not even like the Boza camp came back – Okay, they rejected it. That it's not like they counter offer, right? Well, yeah, I think maybe they, they probably, are, maybe they, they already have. They probably gave their minimum. This is what it's going to be. This is the expectation. The whole thing is. Here's your problem. You apparently have a real stubborn kid 
probably a good bit of arrogance there to go into it this way against just a low-rent, no-account organization in San Diego. This organization, this city is coming up on a vote for a stadium to keep this team. And remember, we saw all the fans crying, and we were supposed to feel so bad for them at the end of last season when everybody assumed they were moving to L.A. This is why. It's a bunch of bums, just a bunch of losers. And this is the junk they do, and this is why Eli Manning couldn't, wouldn't even travel out there to meet with you deal with things like this. This is why they can't win championship. This is a zero junk low class organization in a great city. A city that could really do well with anything. Because what a, what better place on the planet to be than San Diego? So you got a stubborn, arrogant kid versus a no account, low rent organization. Of course this happens. Of course it happened. But it it's still it doesn't matter where they go. It's still the same ownership. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, the, I mean, you it's could going go, to be the same junk. It's not like you're leaving and go to, going to a better place. No, I mean, you no just there is no San better Diego. place. <laughs> there, I don't think there is any better place. Yeah, uh, you know, and I mean, you look at you know more from the Chargers press release. I guess it was, um, you know, an initial signing bonus payment that is larger than any player in the league has received in the last two drafts. Okay, this is this is this is their positives of what their our contract discussions and offers to the representatives of Joey Boza have been both fair and structurally consistent with the contracts of every other Chargers player. And then they mentioned the, the signing bonus, which we said another point is more money in this calendar year than every player in this year's draft except Carson Wentz. The largest payment and the highest percentage of signing bonus received in the first calendar year of any Chargers first-round selection since the inception of the current collective bargaining agreement. Now, he's getting some change up front for sure. Well, and I think we knew that. It was all about this offset, and I'm not going to even pretend like to understand it, but... I don't know. The, the whole thing stinks. It's it crazy. sure does. You know, everything's slotted. This should be so simple, and it's just not. But, hey, Rick, before we move on, tonight's show is brought to you in part by Cleaver Supplements, home to the secret swole serum. serum. Rick, you're going to get swole here for your workouts, the super fat burners, and more for your journey into great and better health. Visit cleaversupplements.com for more information. Cleaver Supplements, pure supplements for when genetics are just not enough. And Lord knows I lost <laughs> yeah. on that genetic lottery, brother. I've lost that, and um, I need some fat burning. <laughs> something. It's something, anyhow. <laughs> I'll tell you. All right, Dion Lewis, Rick, headed out for another knee surgery. Surprise! <laughs> Apparently not the ACL, but it sounds like some sort of cleanup or something. No no timetable on a return yet. Doesn't sound good. It's so hard to get back from those ACLs. Not that you did to begin with, Rick. I think I know the answer to this, but is there a Patriots running back you, uh, <laughs> you're trusting right now? Not a single one. I, I mean, I you can't. You just can't. And if you are looking for – salvation on your fantasy squad from a New England's back, you're in trouble because you just don't know who it might be. I mean, Twitter melted down, and I heard James White's ADP just shot up. Everybody all excited about White. Well, he'll have three or four games. Blunt will have three or four games. 
where Dion Lewis was interesting and where you could, I hate to use the word trust because you can never truly trust a New England back, but where you could have a little bit of trust for a, a guy like Lewis is in that pass-catching role, in that Shane Vereen role, which he was performing and performing well before the ACL injury, he's going to get his touches. He was going to get his opportunities in the passing game if you're talking about a PPR fantasy format. Is White that guy? No. Bolden, he could be. Blunt certainly isn't, but Blunt, you know, if you're in a standard league where where touchdowns are more important, I think you trust him. We're, we're going to get back into this guy when we play when we play the game later on in the third segment. We talked a little bit about Tyler Gaffney last week. He went off again in week two of the preseason. We'll talk about him more. But if you can identify somebody like that in the New England backfield and somebody who's going to get fill that Shane Vereen slash Deion Lewis role, Somebody nice to have on your bench, maybe in a flex spot. But beyond that, look, I think you're going to roster Blunt. You're going to roster White, certainly. But it's going to have to be a bye week, an injury fix, or you're going to have to plug your nose and plug that in because you just never know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's not like the old standby Kevin Falk that we talked about on previous shows oh, from I years Kevin past. Falk. Yeah, I he mean, was on every roster I ever had. Yeah, perfect for a bye week, perfect for an injury. Exactly. You weren't going to get a ton, but you weren't going to get zero, and he'd go off every now and again. There's nobody like that anymore, nobody that I can think of. No, you're absolutely correct. And um, New England's backfield is just that. You just don't know who it is. You can't rely on a Kevin Falk. You know, of course, like I said, they had Corey Dillon, I think, after Kevin Falk for a couple of years. They might have been together for a couple of years. Yeah, it's hard to say. Kevin Falk was around for a million years. but Felt like it. Yeah. But they just don't have that, you know, you, I, I get tired of the term bell cow running yeah, back, but yeah. they don't have one. They don't have a steady mean, running back. What does that even mean, bell cow? Like, what's the derivation of that? That's a good question. I have to you look that up. You usually know that kind of junk. Yeah, I know. It I, just sort of dawned on me, and I've probably said it 84 times in the last six shows, and it turns out I don't know what the hell it means. Well, it's it's the one. I mean, maybe maybe a farmer only had one bell and he put it on one of the cows, yeah. this most special cow or something. Yeah, maybe I don't that's know. what it is. Or you put the bell on one of the cows and you know where all the cows are. I if guess. they follow that one, well, I think they would, wouldn't they? Maybe they always say. I grew up on a beef one. They're always all wadded together. I never understood right. why they all smell like hell. And you know, but, but they I mean, do. if you if you think about you know the term bell cow, how many bell cow backs are there? Adrian Peterson. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Um, Bell, when he's not being ignorant. Um, <laughs> Doug, Doug, um, Doug Martin. Martin for a while. Probably. Yeah. It's a rare bird. Yeah, not these many. Days. It's, a, it's a rare bird. Lamar Miller rare. to an extent. I think he will be this year. Yeah. He certainly will be. I think Ezekiel Elliott will be, you know, but I'm not sure he's going to be this year. Right. So, yeah, there's not that Dallas many. Dallas tends to have it, going and back to DeMarco. Yeah, we'll, we'll be getting into that, um, you know, a, a long email from, uh, you know, a very very good friend of the, and fan of the asylum. So we we'll, have we'll friends be getting and into, fans? What's that? We yeah. have, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll be getting into some uh, some running back rankings here later on in the show. This is news to me that we have fans and friends. Rick, I saw you tweeting about this. I think this is – at first I saw, like, what a nothing story. You know, it's, it's for the gamblers. It's for everything else. 
But the more I think about it, this makes a fantasy owner's life extremely difficult. The NFL getting rid of the probable, which the probable is junk, right? But setting these tiers, there's no more probable. There's only questionable and doubtful, and I think there's different levels within questionable. This is go- this is going to be a boom for the Sunday morning inside slant with uh, Scott Fish coming here week one. But up until, <laughs> other than that, this is a nightmare. Everybody's going to be questionable. Bill well, Belichick is going to have 48 players on his roster questionable every single week. Well, it, it is a nightmare, and, and it's not just for fantasy owners. I mean, opposing coaches in the NFL, if in the in the old days, you know, we say that, you know, as, as soon <laughs> you mean as last year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> probable was 75%. Or greater we chance always of took playing. probable as their play. And, and and the reason for that was is in fact they actually did had some st- statistics on that that players played ninety five percent of the times they were probable. Okay. All right. Questionable was fifty to seventy five, and then doubtful was twenty five percent chance. You know, to fifty, I guess it was. But now we've done away with probable. So questionable is basically 50 to 100. <laughs> well, this guy could have a hangnail, and all of a sudden he's questionable. Well, I'm telling you, you think Bill Belichick well, is sure. Tom Brady has been questionable every year since 2008 with a shoulder, right? He's LaShawn McCoy. Every, yeah. You know, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, you can go on and on with some of these. Mark Ingram. You know, and, and don't think these guys, Sean Payton and, and other coaches, are savvy enough not to, not to exploit this, right? Too. Absolutely. So th- this is going to be a nightmare for for fantasy owners. Forget football coaches and football. Well, fans. yeah, they calling into the inside the, slam. Right, and how are we going to answer it? I don't know. It's between a fifty and hundred percent chance he plays. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Which is really our response to most things. Let's be honest, but we're going to mean it this time. I think we're. It's going to be a good faith. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it is hard to say. Now, if we hear of a, of a knee injury, that that's one thing. Or if we hear of, you know, this isn't like hockey, you know, you don't have upper and lower body injuries. <laughs> I at like least, the hockey yeah, version. At least in, in football, you, you, you hear of ankle sprains or knees or a finger, right. you know, something like that. If, if it's a finger, okay, it's not quite as bad as a high ankle sprain. Right. You know, but it, it could still designate questionable. Yeah, it's, now it's, it's going to be maddening. It's going to be terrible. You wonder what their goal was there. Probably, I think they thought. Is it a control thing? I mean, honestly, I think they're saying, "All right, I think they're saying, Belichick, enough with this nonsense with your probable." See, I don't know what the rules are around it. I think if somebody's going to miss practice time, right, they got to be on the injury report. So. Uh, Actually, but that would be counterproductive. I don't know. Right, what I don't either. It, it doesn't even make sense. Let's move on. The slant's going to be an hour and a half every Sunday. Of well, it says he's questionable. I don't know if he's probable questionable or questionable or doubtful questionable, but he's questionable. So, good luck with that. We'll do the double gun point and we'll yeah. move on to the next question. <laughs> so, what do we got here? Oh, we got a couple minutes. I'm going to ask you a oh, question. Ask me a what question. Do you, what do you make of Dak Prescott? I mean, is this ki- is this kid going to supplant Cole Beasley is this kid going to supplant Terrence Williams I mean you know this is all you're hearing how great this kid is they're going to move him to wide receiver I'm just I'm just saying you're what are you saying hmm 
I didn't tell Tony Romo he's gone. He's going to be a really nice backup. How's he going to supplant these wide receivers? Oh, I'm I'm not talking about. I'm I'm totally <laughs> messed up. I wrote down the wrong man. I apologize. I apologize. Oh, you should apologize. Yes, Rick. indeed. That, that was terrible. No, I know. I I was um, yeah. I I, I was writing two different stories. Yeah, no kidding. But this guy is not. I mean, Tony Romo when he's out. I mean, I just don't. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Go yeah. ahead and make your point. No, I know. I, I'm, yeah, when you write things down and not type them, that's, the, that's what happens. When you write them down and don't think about them. Exactly, yeah, because when you're doing two or three other things. Write them in blood on your wall. That's what I need to do. Charlie Manson. <laughs> but anyway, is he? does he keep these guys valuable? Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, that was is, basically the question. Know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what, what yeah, the what, hell was I talking yeah, what, about? What, what yeah. was it? Yeah, why did he ask me that? And then I said, oh, yeah, no wonder I'm asking the wrong question. <laughs> but does he keep these guys actually valuable? Look, Dez is always going to hold certain value, even right. though he was horrifying last year with that direct they threw in there at quarterback. And is he good enough to keep a Terrence Williams as a wide receiver three? Well, look, here's all, the, here's all the cliches we know about the preseason. It's vanilla defense. Right. It's less talent where he's playing, especially as he gets later in the game. Here's what he has shown. He is a competent quarterback. He knows what hand to put the ball in and what direction to throw it, which is really a couple steps ahead of every rum-dum they ran out there last year when Tony Romo went down. So to answer your initial question where I think you were going, it, look, Tony Romo is going to miss time this year. Do you have any doubt about that? The question is how much time is he going to miss? It's going to be a step back. It's going to be a whole different ball game when Dak Prescott rolls into the second quarter or the third quarter of a close game against a starting good NFL team. But he's got the tools, so he's going to have some ability. The offense right. will keep moving. They're not going to go lose 14 straight without Tony Romo like they did last year. So it's going to keep – look, you worry especially about a Beasley, a Williams, these lower-end guys. But, look, Dez will still get his. That offense will still move. And he may just be the guy – I don't know. How many guys have we seen do this in the preseason, though? It may be all fool's gold, but he looks like, again right. – he knows where to stand. He's not going to line up under the, the right guard. He knows what, which hand to put the ball in, and he knows which direction to throw it, which really is just a big step forward for them. <laughs> That's the best yeah. I can say about it. I know. I mean, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to um, seeing – you know, I want to see Ter- uh, Tony Romo stay healthy because, quite frankly, Terrence Williams – this is basically his third year all over again. Right. I mean, he was a third-year receiver with a lot of a uh, lot of hype, you know, in certain circles last year, and then that year right. happened. They bring out Tom, Dick, and Harry <laughs> as quarterbacks, and right. none, none of them knew what and, to do. And I mean, I, I'm hoping that he he is a burner, but I'm hoping he's more of a one-trick pony than say a Mike Wallace. 
I think that may be who he is. Though, I'm quite afraid of that, I, too. I, that I too. wanted to see last year. I think you roster a guy like that. Yeah. You throw him in a third wide receiver, a flex spot, when you get to the middle of the year with all the bye weeks, he pops a 60-yard touchdown, which he'll do four or five times in the year. You hope you get lucky. Well, I, I don't mind carrying a guy like that, but I'm not going to rely on him. No, exactly. I mean, know, he's a little – 36. It's a little different animal, too, when you have a Des Bryant across from him as opposed to Mike Wallace supposedly being the guy. When right. you have a one-trick pony as a guy, right. it's tough yeah, to rely he's on. He's the, the third, maybe even the fourth option in that offense. Right. So that's a nice little piece to have when it is your third and fourth option, assuming you got Tony Romo healthy or Prescott right. is, is who we've seen. And that's uh, the thing that we have to you know keep an eye on Prescott. You know, if, you know, if he does get some playing time, you know, what – What's going to happen? I mean, you're going to roster these guys banking on Romo being healthy. But, you know, obviously he's not going to take their place as wide receivers. No, but no. No, Maybe I'm, he should. I'm talking about I him. think you just broke, I, broke news here. I'm you just trying. With you know, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, like, hell yeah. Cordell Stewart. It'll be Terrell Pryor. We're going to talk about him later in the show as well. Slash is still a little upset over uh, them trying to make him – into a wide receiver and not being a quarterback. Well, he was a better wide receiver yeah. than he was a quarterback. Yes, Maybe he, he should have zipped his lip and went with it. All right, Rick, well, we got a break here. When we come back, we will have on Jim Sarantias, the fantasy Greek. So you are listening to the Asylum Sports Show exclusively on the Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. Welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show here in the Arena Sports Network. Check out arenasportsnet.com to follow all of our great shows and stay tuned because on September 12th, we're rolling out an all-new version of the site with all of our updates and it will be more interactive and we will also roll out the new Feedback Zone presented by Dairy Queen, September 12th. Mark it down and put it in your book. I could go for some Dairy Queen right now. Why don't they send some product over our way? That would be awesome. I don't even need a paycheck. Send me a cookie dough blizzard and we'll call it even. Ew. That's nasty, man. What's nasty? What are you talking about? Cookie dough. What is wrong with you? You are an alien. You put beets or something in there. (laughs) No, I I want a vanilla cone. I want it dipped in chocolate. Oh, you stink. That's a terrible order. I don't think so. But anyway, let's let's not fight now because we have a guest. Oh, that's right. We'll we'll behave in front of company. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. Hey, uh, welcome into the studio here. We are, you know, this is an honor to have our good friend, the fantasy Greek, Mr. Jim Sarantinas, in with us. Welcome. Guys, how are you? Do I need to break out my marriage counseling skills just to deal with the two of you tonight? It might not it might not hurt. As long as we don't sure. have to touch or do anything where you like stare into each other's <laughs> eyes, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I don't want to discuss feelings or any of that stuff either. Yeah, so what else you got, Jim? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recommend that even if you guys were getting along. <laughs> well, Jim, we have talked a lot about, talked about it on the show tweeted it out everything the fantasy geek fantasy greek draft guide as i just choke all over my words here excellent publication beautiful picture of Le'Veon bell and just some fantasy brilliance on the inside from the likes of your boys flieger and briggs as well as some actual good fantasy minds how's the draft guide doing you know it's doing great um we're uh, in back-to-back years we're number one new release on amazon.com for the listeners out there, you just go to Amazon.com and in the search engine, type the Fantasy Greek Draft Guide. It'll take you right there. And as the guys already explained, um, 
Olivia Bell's on the cover, so you can't miss it. Um, yeah, it's doing great. I mean, I, I, I can't complain. Uh, you know, hopefully everything keeps going as it's going, and um, you know, we'll be back next year to do even bigger and better things. And I, and I have to say, and, and thanks to you guys and the other writers that contributed to the magazine, uh, it's just so – I mean, we really took a big step forward in terms of our prognostications, the advice that we were giving. We did our first industry um, analyst 12-team mock draft. There's tons of tips out there for you, um, little nuggets that everybody sort of puts forth. And in the changing sort of – scenery of fantasy football where it's become more wide receiver centric um i think we just did a lot of great things so we'll see yeah i i gotta tell you and i'm sure this i don't know what your vision was for it and obviously i'm biased rick's biased as we've been given the opportunity to be a part of this but compared to any other draft guide out there it's not filled with 40% 40% ads and then 20% pictures and images. It's hundreds of yeah. pages of just right in your face fantasy knowledge, all kinds of different point of views written by different folks, different takes. It's a, it's a, it's a different draft guide. It's different than the norm, and I like that about it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not to say that I wouldn't like to include more photos or more ads, but I hear you guys. You, you I think the average ma- draft magazine is under 100 pages. We've got 166. We don't have all the print types sort of slammed in there. I tried to pick fonts that were a little bit more um, user-friendly to the eyes, um, you know, with the understanding, especially those of us that have been for a while. It gets a little tougher as the years go by to read the smaller print. And, um, you know, I was lucky I did have an advertiser this year, and I'd like to get a few more next year. Um, But I'd also like to, you know, pick and choose where I put them so it's not a distraction. But but thanks for the compliment. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that um, you know, we hope we keep doing it going forward and keep being recognized uh, for the good things we do. And it's uh, obvious someone's recognized you as you become, uh, what, uh, affiliate partner with USA Today, correct? Yeah, you know, that was a huge thing that happened to us over the summer. Um, and it was a, a we were recognized for it. I, I was told that at, at large, in large part, the reason that um, we were invited to become an affiliate or apply for it uh, was because of the content and the quality of the content that we provide. So thanks to the USA Today people for all they did for us. So what does that mean exactly, being an affiliate partner? Is it your content showing up digitally? I, I, I'm not sure I fully understand even what it all means. Well, not exactly, not just yet. Um, that's something that I'm working on separately and um, we'll be working with our writers to try and uh, do exactly what you described. For right now, we obviously get to use their name. We're obviously identified as associated with them. Um, we've got a few more ads running our, in our site than, than we used to. Um, to me, the, the name part is the big part because people should be able to come to our site and immediately acknowledge the fact that we're part of such a great organization like USA Today. Well, that's awesome. Anything that gets more eyes on, on a bunch of great content, the better. All right, let's get past all that. Let's talk fantasy football. And we got to start with, we, we've, we seem to talk to a lot of folks for, from your way. And the one question I have to ask every, everybody from that area, I've shoved all my chips to the center of the table on one Jeremy Langford this year. I yes. got to know, we're dealing with the injury now, and I guess we that has to be part of the discussion as well. What are your thoughts, Jim, on Jeremy Langford? Am I crazy, or, or are you feeling good about it? 
Well, let, let's see. So you just mentioned injury, and um, I'm assuming you're, you're – oh, you're talking about his foot uh, and back, which has just limited him in practice. Yeah, I That's, guess he had his foot in a boot. I think it was only stepped on. I don't think it was anything big, yeah. but, but I may, hopefully you, you've heard. It sounds like you've heard that it's not that big a deal, so I'm feeling even better. I, and that's basically my understanding too. I think all of this is precautionary. Um, you know, I, the nice thing about Jeremy Langford, I, I will be upfront with everyone out there. I am high on Jeremy Langford, and I am high on him based on what I saw last year. I know some people criticize him in terms of his yards per carry. Fine, so be it. I can live with that criticism. But the fact is, is that he was able to carry this team offensively from the running back position. I think in terms of his size and his speed and what he can do on the field compared to the other running backs, he postures better as a number one running back and a workhorse running back. I know people are talking about John Fox, so he likes to use, you know, two running backs. And it sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, he made sort of a comment that, you know, he wanted to get another running back some more carries. Uh basically so you don't burn Jeremy Langford out. And, yeah, that's okay. I mean, what you're looking for is a running back that's going to get roughly 60% of the carries these days. And if they can do 60% or touches, then that sort of qualifies as a workhorse. And that's exactly what I see for Jeremy Langford. So, for me, I have him ranked high. I think I've got him as high as number 31 overall in my top 200. But the good news is you won't have to spend a high draft pick on the guy. You'll be able to get him in the fifth round. Yeah, I'm looking at his ADP as of this moment, 412. So I think just a steal for a, a true number one back, and I think what's being lost, well, we can have the paralysis by analysis and look at his yards per carry and his yards after contact. I, I've seen criticized a lot. Look, the bottom line is he's going to get the bulk of the work. In the first preseason game, I thought it was telling he was on the field for every, he was the number one guy in the field for every one of Jay Cutler's snaps going in. A true number one back is so hard to come by in football right now and in fantasy football. I can't ignore that by all these obscure stats that we can pull up for what, because for whatever reason, the fantasy community at large has turned their backs on this kid. And I frankly, I don't understand it. Well, you know, the fantasy community, I think, has, it, it's, it's strange. They, We've talked about how they're turning their back on Larry Fitzgerald after a great year last year. And I, I think what – you know, it's strange to me, Jim. It seems like some a lot of fantasy owners have short memories, but they also have long memories. What I mean by that is they remember – the, the confounding situations they find themselves in with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart when Fox was in Carolina. And, you know, it's kind of they still remember that, but they and they don't want to jump on a guy like Langford. And, and maybe I'm in that boat a little bit, but I'm warming up to him. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to actually, um, you know, add a little update to this guy because I'm a little higher on him than I was, say, a month and a half ago. For sure. And like I said, the nice part is you won't have to spend a big, crazy pick on him. And if you if you take a zero running back approach to your fantasy draft, I think he's a great pick in, in the late fourth, early fifth round. Um, to be your first running back. I mean, I'm just having a hard time. Jaquiz Rogers is not the second running back on this team. Kadeem Carey has been on the team longer than Jeremy Langford, and he has yet um, to sort of uh, make a case to be the number one running back. And I just think it's too early um, 
for the rookie uh, John Howard to, you know, for people to sit there and say, oh, he's going to be the running back of the future. In fact, I don't think he was drafted as the running back of the future. If anything, Jeremy Langford, uh, the way he sort of uh, was posed as, as a running back last year and last year's draft being the number one guy coming out of Michigan State and the kinds of numbers that he put up made him sort of the guy. And we're just losing sight of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So as we're heading into drafts, it, it's draft week, I think, has officially begun. We're going to see a ton over Labor Day weekend. I know we're going to be talking about it a little later on tonight on your show. But yeah. looking at the varying draft strategies, and I, I'm going back to you'll find in the, the Fantasy Greek Draft Guide the – the mock draft we did, all the writers did, and the you know the write-ups and the analysis we did of our picks afterwards. I know I talked about going in with a zero RB theory. Now the big thing seems to be the pendulum has shifted this year, and there's a big push for the zero wide receiver theory. Do you buy into any of that? Or are you still a value drafter? I, I feel like we've gone the push so far, and you mentioned it earlier on, the, the the push towards wide receiver centric in these leagues has has have we gone too far? Um, sort of yes, sort of no. If you if you go to thefantasygreek.com at the main navigation bar, uh, there's a tab that's called Fantasy Draft Board. If you click that, there's an article, and I can't remember. It should be probably on page two or page three of that uh, of that tab. Um, I did an article this offseason which fully discussed the sh- sort of the shift in the last five to seven years of uh, statistics moving from running backs towards wide receivers. And sort of you've got 10 more wide receivers that are putting up 1,000-plus yards and multiple TDs than you did five to seven years ago. And the reverse has occurred for running backs. That number has shrunk by 10. And so it's hard not to say that, you know, wide receivers are sort of the valued guys. I mean, in my mind, you don't have to have a zero wide receiver approach to your draft. Like personally, when we did that expert draft, I had a plan. And my plan was um, to take, uh, it was a PPR league, to take one of the top three wide receivers with one of those top three picks. I think I had the third pick and Julio Jones fell to me, so I took him. Had I had the number four pick and those three wide receivers being Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, and Julio Jones were gone off the board, I probably would have taken the top-rated running back at that point. At that point, uh, you know, I don't think Le'Veon Bell, the, <laughs> the story of him potentially being um, uh, suspended wasn't out there yet. And, you know, I probably would have taken him or I would have taken David Johnson and sort of gone that way because – I'm not sold that you have to dedicate yourself to one or the other approach, but have sort of slight flexibility. If you really want to be dedicated to it and you, you say, oh, no, I want to I want to really. OK, fine. Do some mock, see how your team turns out. But I don't have a problem having balanced approach. I don't have a problem picking wide receivers first. The running back uh, wide receiver zero approach. That's interesting that there's this shift. And I think the shift has occurred because, again, we've got a a smaller amount of top running backs out there. So if you get fortunate enough in the first two rounds to get yourself um, Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles, God bless, you know, that's pretty darn good. And then come back and let's say in round two or round three, you're sitting there taking T.Y. Hilton. Um, Alshon Jeffrey will probably be gone. I'm trying to think who else might be there. 
Uh, in round three, we'd probably be looking at Mike Evans could be there. I doubt A.J. Green. He'll be long gone. Golden Tate could be there. Brandon Cooks could be there. Certainly a Jarvis uh, Landry, somebody yeah. I'm hot yeah, on. Amari yeah. Cooper will probably be there, believe it or not. So the reality is, is you can actually do pretty good using that approach. But I might consider that approach if I'm, I'm drafting in the back half of the first round. Yeah, I that really makes I, a little more sense. I agree. I really hated you tooting Mr. Flieger's horn here because <laughs> yeah. in our expert draft, that's he walked exact, right into it. Rick. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. Is he got Peterson in as a tenth overall pick and then came back and got Jamal Charles. Oh, which was just a marvelous start. And then he got Jarvis Landry in his third pick, and uh, then Alan Hearns in the fourth round. And yeah. you know, yeah, that that's a great start. And I, you could really see a mixed bag in our first round of, of the expert draft. It was seven wide receivers, four running backs, and, of course, Gronk in the first round. Who I count and, as a wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. And then it was six and six in round two. So, I mean, you know, you see a lot of balance there. It tells me it, it's almost the best player, player available. Well, what I found interesting, Jim, was I wonder if it's a chicken or the egg. What you talked about right off of the top of this question was how we've had that swing of 1,000-yard receivers versus running backs, those 10 players on each end. Does it make the wide receiver more valuable, which I think is the obvious takeaway, or does it make those remaining 1,000-yard running backs that much more valuable and almost push them back up towards the top? And what traditionally was your your plan in a fantasy draft was to load up on these running backs. I'm not sure, and I think this year we're going to see. I think because you've got so many people now adopting the, the zero running back theory, if we even want to call it that. So yeah. I just wonder, is it the chicken or the egg? I honestly – I can't answer it. I'll be curious to see how it all shakes out this year. Um, yeah, I'm curious too. And, um, you know, it, it seems like every year there's some sort of change in draft philosophy that I always sometimes feel like we're a little step behind because we don't know exactly what's going to happen on the football field in the coming year. But the one thing that I tried to do this past year, um, which is in the draft guide, is I, I came up with, um, these QF, uh, QFG ratings, and what QFG stands for is a quality fantasy game. And what I did was as I went back uh, to last year, I think I looked at, it at the top 150 players. I, um, I did it both in PPR and non-PPR leagues. And I didn't just look at them in terms of total fantasy stats because I thought to myself, you know, I had Russell Wilson in one league, and in the first half of the season, he hosed me. He was awful. In the back half of the season, he was great. So wouldn't I want a player like Russell Wilson, but who played the way he did in the back half of the season, the whole season? And the answer is yes. And what I did was is I started looking. I defined what a quality fantasy game was for a quarterback, and then for running backs, um, wide receivers, and tight ends. And I came up with just a way to simply measure which players um, have these quality fantasy games most of the time. And when you look at that, you start saying, well, first of all, the ones that have the most of them for quarterbacks, uh, which I defined as 240 yards and two TDs or the equivalent in other fantasy points, it could be you know, one passing TD, but you make up the other TD and uh, what would it be, uh, 60, 100 passing yards. Um, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that end up in that top 50. And what that tells me 
is you don't have to go gung-ho on run, on quarterbacks right away. You don't have to draft one in the first round or the second round. I think everybody's pretty much in agreement. The, the top two quarterbacks will probably go in the third round, and that's an okay place to take them if you want. But you can wait longer, and I would tell people wait till the fifth round. And the reason is out of that top 50 – Rip out the top 12 quarterbacks that end up in that top 50. You're left with 40 players. 40 players that can put up um, in non-PPR, be I think greater than 50% of their games would be uh, fantasy uh, quality fantasy games. And in non-PPR, it would be, I think, 60% plus. And those 40 guys are the guys you want to get first. I mean... You know, that's why Jamal Charles, in my mind, is still a, a pretty good pick, even though everybody is concerned about his knees, which I don't exactly understand. I mean, he rehabbed great the first time. Why not rehab great the second time? But when you just look at his quality fantasy games, he's at 80, 90 percent. Yeah, no question about it. So, you know, and in Andy Reid's offense, when you look at it, it just objectively, it runs through the running back. And he always picks one running back to be sort of the workhorse. And if you want to say, well, he'll pull back the touches on Jamal Charles, fine. Look at when Jamal Charles was in the backfield with Thomas Jones. He was still one of the top running backs in fantasy football. So, you know, I have a hard time not saying he's not one of the top ten. Um, uh, and here's another great example that I often use, and that is Cam Newton versus Tom Brady. Cam Newton was the number one fantasy quarterback last year in terms of overall points. But I believe uh, a majority of that came in, let's say, the back two-thirds of the season, where Tom Brady, while he may have finished with less fantasy points with, than Cam Newton, had more quality fantasy games under his belt. And more than likely, if you had Tom Brady versus Cam Newton, you made the playoffs and won, won your fantasy championship. Yeah, that's Obviously, right. considering you know the other combination of players, but it shows you how one of these guys can be better than a guy that just gets you a bunch of points over a few games. Oh, but hey, fans, we'd love to have your help in making our network better. And the way you can do that is to become a monthly contributor through our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash arena sports net and become a patron of our network today. Your contributions each month will not only help us be better, but it will help us keep our goals going, giving a voice to the voiceless and bringing the spotlight back to the student athlete. Also, with everyone that signs up, there are rewards at every level. It's just a way to say thank you for helping Arena Sportsnet not only become the best, but stay the best in sports coverage and live events. Absolutely. All right, Jim, thanks for that. Uh, so you, you talk about the, the quarterback position a little bit and waiting to the fifth round, and you mentioned Tom Brady versus Cam Newton. Tom Brady serving the four-game suspension. I, I don't want to go down the, the wormhole of debating whether or not that's right. Yeah. Still going pretty high in my mind. Is this a guy – or you? do you believe, like many, that he's going to come in in week five and it is going to be Tom Brady versus the NFL and he's going to rain hellfire down upon everybody? Or are those four – is those four games enough to just steer you away for the price you're going to have to pay for him? Well, in my mind, if you're going to get Tom Brady, the earliest you should be getting is the fifth round, um, preferably a round or two later if possible. And if if you end up getting him in the fifth round, I don't have a problem with that because, again, um, you should be able to get a, a second quarterback who you have to start for four weeks uh, and, and – and, and, Again, because of this whole quality fantasy games, like for example, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Some would argue he's in the top twelve. Some would argue he's borderline. 
the point is is that you can possibly get him as your second quarterback. And I think that that's a good guy that you can play for the first four weeks of the season and actually do well with. And then Tom comes back, and you're looking forward to his 80% quality fantasy game rating. And even if it's not the first game he's back, let's say it's the sixth game. uh, Excuse me. The second game he's back. I I don't have a problem with with Tom Brady. Again, it it gets back to, for me, the quarterback position's not as big um, as the other positions. I don't think I want Joe Flacco as my number one guy, Um, even though – I'll, breaking, I news. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. But even though I will say, what's interesting is the Ravens, and Mark Trestman specifically, his offense is the quarterback tends to throw the football over 600 times. They did that last year with a platoon of quarterbacks, and there were some pretty quarterbacks that came, pretty bad quarterbacks that came in after Joe Flacco. And it, in my mind, it just sort of means. Once they get the connection going between the quarterback and the wide receivers, they could potentially have a potent offense. It's just I'm not willing to put my neck out and tell you that's going to happen this year. I'm just saying the circumstances are there, and they just have to do it on the field. So getting back to my original point, yes, I think you can get Tom Brady in the fifth round and platoon him with a QB2. That'll get you, let's call them low-end QB1 numbers, but in the first four weeks probably have a couple of great games. You know, I, I have a just a question what your thoughts on because I, I think this is where, especially in fantasy, a lot of gut comes into play. I mean, you, you look at some of the, the the quality performances and so forth that you're talking about, these stats. You know, a guy like Derek Carr coming into, what, his third year now, I mean, there there is a lot of potential and improvement. And as a fantasy owner – I mean, you you can jump on these guys, get them at a decent price, and he could end up carrying your your team basically into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you at all. Um, if you're going to do the thing, which um, I think uh, – I can't recall if both of you played in our writer's league last year, um, but I think the approach was to hold off – as long as possible, getting your quarterback, you know, you build up your roster with the wide receivers, the running backs, your top tight end. I suppose if you want to get a second tight end later on, you could, but you do those things first. And then you get a guy like Derek Carr, who, I mean, in theory, he should have a better season than he did last year. And last year he had a pretty good second year season. I mean, that's a time where a lot of quarterbacks take a step back and he didn't. He actually took a step forward. It may not have been a big step forward, but it was relevant. And it's the kind of step forward that makes you go, you know what, this kid's got a future in this league. So I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Jim, we will get you out of here on this. we got to ask anybody we have on, is who's the one breakout star you're targeting this season? Oh, man, you know, wow. Um, well, I already mentioned Jeremy Lankford, who I really like because I think he's sort of running underneath the radar. Um, a guy I absolutely love, Keenan Allen. He was well on his way to a breakout season last year. And you look at that offense, and, and you know, it's it's going to be a lot of the same under Ken Weisenhunt. And I, I think the kid's there. I mean, he should break through into that top 10 very easily. Um, boy. I'll tell you one guy I'm targeting it is Devin Funches. I'm really liking this kid. You know, I like him too, 
But, you know, is is the point that he's just going to sort of hang around? Or is the point that he will be pushing for that wide receiver one status? And, I mean, if you're looking for a good second receiver, I think that's where he fits. Can he get to wide receiver one? I don't know. Um, Will Fuller has impressed the heck out of me um, this preseason. Uh, uh, despite, I, I mean, he, he's he's getting as many snaps as Jalen Strong, and yet uh, he's just got, I think, a, a higher ceiling. Um, uh, Des Bryant, I, I kind of was poo-hooing him a little bit, and then I saw, well, I always liked Dak Prescott. Um, I was really sort of disappointed that NFL teams downgraded him as they did, but he makes me look at Des Bryant and think this Des Bryant's going to have a great season, even if Tony, Tony Romo gets hurt. Isaiah Crowell, to me, is sort of a guy flying under the radar. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Duke Johnson, and I would too in PPR leagues, but in non-PPR leagues, I think you got to lean towards Isaiah Crowell. Hugh Jackson loves feeding the ball to his running running back, and that's Isaiah Crowell. Um, so I suppose those are a few guys um, – Boy, I'm trying to think of one. Dante Moncrief, I like him. Uh, I, I think Andrew Luck's due to bounce back strongly, and he should make some noise. And then looking around, boy. You know, I, a guy that I think can impress is Kevin White from the Bears. And I, I, I obviously have a soft spot for the Bears in, in my heart because uh, I'm from Chicago. But I went back this offseason because I said to myself – Boy, I forgot how good was this guy. And you look at his college film, he is explosive. I mean, he can do it all. And what was more impressive was not his on-the-field play, but his interviews. He's got a strong head on his shoulders, and that's the kind of guy that will succeed because every day he'll show up to work, he will take nothing for granted, and whatever he did last week, he will want to do better his next week. So he's a rookie that I think could push for a thousand some yards, and if anything happens to Alshon De- Jeffrey, I mean he could potentially push for double digit TDs. Yeah, guy, I'm definitely intrigued. In good head on his shoulders, and it doesn't hurt that he's just an athletic freak. Well, we're out of time, Jim. We yes. certainly appreciate it. Why don't you take the last thirty seconds here, plug whatever you'd like to plug? Please, uh, for the listeners out there, come uh, uh, first and foremost, go to Amazon.com and get our fantasy draft guide um, at the search engine. Type in the fantasy greek draft guide it's the one with uh, levian bell on the cover um obviously both ricks have contributed to it and we have probably i i wish i had the exact number but it's over 20 writers and industry analysts and personalities um that were involved uh as part of getting it you also get tfg access um which gives you access to me um, we'll help you set your rosters on a weekly basis. And I've, I've been helping people by uh, custom updating our two, top 200 list, customizing it for their specific draft uh, and, and point format uh, to help them out. And then lastly, come to the site, thefantasygreek.com. At any given time, we've got 15 to 20 writers. Uh, we've obviously got the typical starts and sits, injury reports, but it's from a keen perspective. We don't just talk about sports. We want to be sports. We want to prognosticate. And lastly, we added this summer uh, a PhD statistician um, and a fantasy football analytics page where you can go and uh, check out the latest geeky stats if that's what uh, turns you on. TheFantasyGreek.com, your second opinion for your fantasy football instinct. 
All right. Thank you so much, Jim. We appreciate it. You're listening to the Asylum Sports Show exclusively on Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Don't forget to begin your day with the Potluck Friday edition of Snowman in the Morning. You don't know what he's going to talk about or who he'll bring on. That's why it's called Potluck Friday, beginning at 8 a.m. Eastern on Arena Sportsnet, Arena Sportsnet Radio, and arenasportsnet.com. Welcome back. We are Fligger and Briggs. And you know what, Rick? I think it's time to... Uh I'm going to jump into the mailbag before oh. we really get to the questions. All right. So you don't want to play the game? Well, not right this second. All right. I had a nice, we had a nice email okay. from the old, old Asylum Fantasy Sports email. He oh, still wow. uses that. I mean, this guy's been around. He's, so he's a good he friend of ours. in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. Dean from Connecticut. Oh, my man, Dean. All right. Happy send, to hear from Dean. Send us a little email, and I hope he doesn't mind. I'm going to read it here. And he goes, uh, thanks for the heads up. I'm no dummy. Okay. I heard both shows, blah, blah. Last week, I think I puked in my mouth a little when I heard you two guys give C.J. Anderson a little love for the 2016 season. We gave C.J. Anderson love? A little. You might have. There's no I, way. Well, I we were, remember, we were talking about the Kubiak offense and yeah, where Sanchez okay. might be dinking and dunking with some running backs. And i got to be know. honest. I don't remember that. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Well, in 2015, the entire fantasy football industry was ready to put this clown in the Hall of Fame. The asylum was preaching a different message, as we recall. Yes, we did. Damn right we were. And yes. And we were assailed for it. As Dean says, I went off the uh, asylum reservation by drafting him with my second Yeah, pick. how'd that work out for you, Yeah, me, Dean. Dean. You know, Dean, before we get on with, the, <laughs> with this well, uh You'll see this on email. the YouTube channel if we get it up. Rick just sat up, furled <laughs> his brow. This is about to get real, Dean. Yeah, so listen Dean, up. I really don't like you uh, oh, wow. not taking oh. our advice. <laughs> well, and he's, does he tell and us And I think happened? we told him that last year oh, yeah, as yeah. well. He, he was you know that. thoroughly admired. We're, we're really um, you know, surly about that kind of stuff. So this year, 2016, I'm going to give you advice right now. Okay. I'm talking to Dean, not you. Oh. I'm going to give you some advice, Dean, right now before your draft. Listen to us. Okay. <laughs> All right, now, we're going to get on with the, with the email. He picked him his second pick. He blames his and his poor performance for starting his team out 0-5. And he doesn't care if he's sitting there in the 12th round this year. It's too long. It's just too long. I, I completely disagree. It, it is, because when you're trying to do something here, you need something like, That's disrespectful! That's all you need. Well, you know, just bang. Okay? Go on with the email. I'm trying to until you start hitting buttons and well, playing. I'm bored. You said you weren't talking to but me. But anyway, Dean has a request. Oh, okay. And he wanted us to put together for him and the other listeners our top 10 PPR running backs for the 2016 season. Oh, wow. He's got a draft coming up on Labor Day weekend, and he really needs us, Rick and Rick. Was he going to listen this he time? He called, uh, well, yeah. Are you going to listen this time, Dean? Because I really don't want to waste my time if you're not. But we'll do it for the other listeners. I trust. I okay. trust Dean will do it. All right. He learned his lesson. Okay. A lot of people learned that rough C.J. Anderson lesson. Yeah, really. Okay, so Dean, 
this is for you, buddy. We're going to go through our top ten PPR running backs as of right now. All right. Okay. As we sit in these chairs. Okay. Number one, Todd Gurley. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know how With much Bell's he's going to do. suspension, it moves him up. Let's, right. let's be honest. And I don't know how much he's going to do in the passing game, quite frankly, but he is so good as a runner. Right. He's going to be so involved and score so many touchdowns. Anything he gets in the receiving game is only going to be gravy. That's, With Bell missing three games, it's girly, and it's not even a discussion. That's Adrian Peterson. Right. You know, I mean, whatever you get with PPR, it's gravy on top of a great performance. Right. And, and that's why I have Gurley because of Le'Veon Bell suspension. Okay, I've moved up to number two, believe it or not, David Johnson. I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid with this, with this offense on the Cardinals. I think David Johnson is going to be used a lot this year. and I think it's going to be a high-powered offense. And I like him at number two. Do you know currently, as we sit here on my fantasyfootballcalculator.com, which is the ADP I tend to trust right. the most. Yeah, me too. They are tied at 1.05, but right now by a mere four votes, David Johnson is sitting ahead of Todd Gurley. Really? I'm not going to nitpick you. I didn't see, I'll be honest, I didn't see Dean's email. I don't have a top ten written out for you right here. David Johnson's a top five or six guy for me. I don't know if I have him at two, but I can't argue against it. He he's up there. He is. You know, we we talked plenty on the show about what effect Chris Johnson may have on. I mean, Chris Johnson's going to get some work. We talked about that. David Johnson's too damn good. It's just that simple. Yeah, he's going to get the ball. He's going to get it around the goal line, especially. So he's a top five guy. I won't quibble with the two. We'll, we'll ride on with that. All right, number three. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Again, I don't care that he doesn't catch balls. No, I don't care. I'm going to take 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Right. Or maybe even more. Who yeah, knows? And he's a guy. robot, and he'll do it again. Right. Pure and simple. Exactly. Um, number five, Lamar Miller. Wow, we're simpatico oh, there. Excuse me. I'm, it's four, not five. Right, yeah. right. Number four yeah, is Lamar, Lamar Miller. Miller. next on my list. Yeah, and I mean. I sh- he's setting up for a big year. Yeah, I think he should have big success in Houston. We saw all of those rummies try, and how many questions did we field about the Alfred Blues of the world and name the the grab bag of seven other losers that popped their heads up at various times during the year. There's no competition there in Houston. Right. Their offense runs through, if you look back to Arian Foster, I know Arian Foster is a special player, but their desire is for that offense to run through the running back in both the passing game and in the offense in general. Lamar Miller has shown flashes of it in Miami. Not sure he's ever been given the shot as the guy. You know, like Roman Reigns is not a good guy, not a bad guy. In Houston, he's the guy. And I think it, it comes through. Osweiler's good enough. Not great, but he's good enough. I wonder how if this affects DeAndre Hopkins at all, quite frankly, his production from a PPR standpoint. Lamar Miller could be the guy that leaps up into that second spot over jo- uh, David Johnson for me. I am that yeah, high on Lamar. But you're Miller. not you're not going to impact DeAndre Hopkins' Probably performance. Not. Probably not. DeAndre Hopkins is an elite receiver. He's a top. I five, but you know he maybe even break into the top three in certain circles. I mean, this guy is that good. Yeah, I say well. that only in regards to this ring. Is it seems like after Foster went down and they brought out their band of seven losers last year, as I've described them, 
that the offensive game plan, because remember they were running three different quarterbacks at any given time as well, the game plan became three-step drop, fling it up near DeAndre, and let's see if he brings it down. And more often than not, he brought it down. I don't know if he gets all those opportunities. He's obviously going to be drawing the top coverage. I don't expect a steep decline. DeAndre Hopkins is still a top-five wide receiver for me, and I know we're not talking about wide receivers, but I think he may revert back ever so slightly, ever so slightly. All right, and that's a discussion for another yeah, show. Yeah. It is very possible. Okay, now this this last, next pick, number five, I, I really wrestled with because of the suspension. But I had to put Le'Veon Bell there because I think yeah. when he comes back, he's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Right. And and the worst thing that I that I caution owners about getting a Le'Veon Bell is we talked about it last week. You have to move up. To get D. Will, there's just no right. getting around it. In you, the fifth round, you're taking D'Angelo Williams, right? And but I, I have Le'Veon Bell at five. Yeah, I think he's still there. Okay, I put some mid early to mid second round, which with the one game reduction, I think that's about where he belongs. All right, and now we go to number six, Devonte Freeman. I think he's uh, has this guy. I bought into what I saw him, especially. He started off like a house of fire. Then he kind of slowed down. But Atlanta Atlanta was kind of in flux last year. You know, Roddy White couldn't separate himself from a snail. <laughs> and they don't have that problem now. And, you know, I, I just look for the Atlanta offense to get rolling a little bit better. I think they're going to be more on track. And I think Devontae Freeman is a real deal. And they're not afraid to go with him in the red zone. Yeah, and he fits into that offensive system. It's kind of a speed system. I don't know, maybe it's just the uniforms that make them look that way. But what Julio Jones can do downfield, Freeman good on the edges, good in the good in the passing game. He fits that offense really well. Took a huge step forward last year. I'm not worried about Tevin Coleman Campbell, whatever his name is. Remember the time I botched that and we made a whole episode <laughs> out of it? Yeah. I'm not worried about anybody putting pressure on him. Freeman, again, as we talk about with Lamar Miller, the guy in that offense, and if he stays healthy with his receivers, receiving numbers has a possibility to even outperform where you have them ranked. Yeah, and I just, you know, with the addition of Muhammad Sanu, I mean, I think I think that solidifies that other side again where White had it for so long and Perhaps. he just fell off that cliff. I think Sanu is a nice fit because you got Julio Jones. Yeah. I mean, and and so you you have one you more piece. Set a box of saltines out there just to keep one guy away from but, Julio. Well, Julio produced, but we saw how things started to sputter a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, it killed the offense. Yeah. Killed the so, offense. So, I mean, that's an added piece, and I, I just like Devontae Freeman. Okay, where are we at? Seven. I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I think that's I think this is, is about right where you need to have him. I'm with you. I'm with you. He's still Not be- that top three or four where he's going. Right. He's still behind the best line of football. And the jury's still out a little bit on the, um, the workload, but he's probably going to get enough work where he's going to warrant yeah, being yeah. at the seventh slot. Don't take him in the first round. Though. So you're probably not going to have him. If you listen to us – you're not going to have Ezekiel Elliott because you're going to have to take him, what, 10 to 15 overall somewhere in there. I'm not sure he falls into there, 
But he's definitely a top 10. And we've talked about it. Yeah. I just don't buy into the fact that even if they were willing to give him upwards of 300 touches, that he could f- physically handle it as a rookie. I, I'd I be agree. Stunned. I'd be stunned. I, I agree. Okay, moving on. Number eight, Eddie Lacy. Green oh, Bay. We are simpatico again. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay. Look, this offense is going to shine this year. Lacey's already shown that he that he's worked in the offseason. He's a lot better shape. This kid looks good. And oh, yeah, he did the P90X. He was out there with Tony right. Horton getting right. swole, as our uh, ad earlier on said. And he didn't get swole. Yeah. And he's in good shape. And I, we talked about it before. I hate. I don't hate to be crass. Why do I lie to See, our last listener? year he's with Richard Simmons. And we saw what happened. So this year, Did they ever find him? Didn't he, didn't he disappear or die or something? Or they thought he was dead? I Not Eddie know. Lacy, Richard Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there was some fear for a hey, while. Everybody. Like, he, he, upped, he upped and disappeared. And I don't know. He was locked in his... I don't know, it's a whole thing. He went away. He wasn't we'll right. We'll have to do research with. on that. Yeah, we will effort that. Yeah, definitely. Pedro, get on that. Yeah, ne- we'll. Next segment, listen up. We'll have your Richard Simmons update right here on the Arena Sports Network. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, number nine. Jamal Charles. My man. I love Jamal. Look, you know me. Made me happy. I'll tell you what, Jim, last segment, the Fantasy Greek, was the first guy outside of this studio who has said that about Jamal Charles. And I couldn't have articulated it any better than Jim did. He nailed it. That's all. Well, I just wanted to say okay. that. I mean, Nobody's I was, saying that. Nobody. Yeah. It's always Ezekiel Elliott and you name right. it. No. Jamal Charles. Yeah, the knee injury is a concern. And I know you're concerned about it, right? I, I, I'm concerned. You're on record that you're concerned well, about Charles. Okay, let's, I'll, I'll set the record straight. I'm, I'm in one of my articles in the Fantasy Greek Draft Guide is overvalued players. And the reason I included Jamal Charles wasn't the fact that I've given up on Jamal Charles. I am a little worried about the second major knee injury, but at the time of of the printing, he was still like one of the third running backs going. And he has started, he's actually fallen. I think too far. Could be. ADP. Well, 206. That's a good ADP. I think that's right, right where he belongs. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's too far. It has him ahead of Lacey and Freeman, but I I like your order. Although I didn't, I drafted different. You know, I left Lacey. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. At the time, we we did that early, early oh, yeah. on, exactly. and I hadn't seen the new swole P90X Eddie Lacey run. And right. I, I think I might have missed him. Yeah, Freeman might have actually gone ahead. It, it was pretty close there. But yeah, I think 206 is a perfect ADP. I think the community at large is getting it right with Jamal Charles. Right? Yeah. And it, if you can get a Jamal Charles there, at and he is 85% of Jamal Charles before right. this knee injury, you got a steal. And I, th- I think dropping to like 25 is cautious not really optimism or pessimism it's, it's just cautious right now that's you where know, a guy with his skill set and injury concerns fits in right. <laughs> i think it's just perfect i agree okay number 10 doug martin yeah i think yeah. um i think boy i tell you what the muscle hamster certainly has what it takes you you're fond of saying well, he does it once every three years that is yeah, his, that is his bit likeness <laughs> that's his bit but I think what I, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a force to be reckoned with in that South, and Doug Martin's going to be a part of it. I, I could see 1,200 yards out of him easily. 
Oh, certainly. Easily. Certainly. So, and Winston's got a good hold on that offense right. and a good weapon in Mike Evans, but they're going to run the ball first, and Doug Martin is that guy. They've sort of thinned out that crowd. They had it running back in the offseason. So Martin's going to have every opportunity. I don't know if he had the opportunity in the two years he took off after that big rookie campaign. Right. But, yeah, I think that's a good top ten, Rick. One guy I really have my eyes on that I want to slip into that top ten, but actually I don't have the guts to do it. He might be like 10.5. I'm getting a little excited for LaShawn McCoy. He looks fast. Can I, he can looks healthy. Since we are kind He's of there right here. All right. What are we looking at? Now you had him at 11. So right. there we go. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I could slide him in over any one of those bottom three and mm-hmm. feel pretty good about it. But I think that's a good top ten. Maybe if you're scared of a Jamal Charles, if, if you're more scared than I am about the injury right. concerns or him being healthy and being 100% back. If you don't think Tony Horton did miracles on Eddie Lay, I think you could swap LaShawn McCoy out. But I like the top ten. I agree with it. You know, I could maybe reorder it, but it, yeah. it's close enough. But LaShawn McCoy, I, I wish he'd ask for a top 11 because I think I right. wanna, I'm excited. I like what Tyrod Taylor's doing. Sammy Watkins looks back and healthy. Look, the defense is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> Quite right. good, like injury, suspension, everything else. Well, the Ryan brothers, right? Defense just goes out the window. We, we've seen it there. <laughs> exactly. But he's healthy. He's thinner. He's lighter on his feet. Carlos Williams is gone. I think LaShawn McCoy set up for a big, big year. I do, too. And there, there's a few other guys that just crossed my mind. Matt Forte could set up to be a very solid running back. Latavius Murray, everything's in on the up and up. I mean, swinging upwards on Oakland. Yeah, you get Carr. You got Cooper, you know, Latavius Murray, and and Mark Ingram as well, and not so much. I mean, he's down probably in the bottom of that right bunch there. But th- those are a few other ones. But uh, yeah, you could throw Lashawn McCoy in there out of one of those guys. It wouldn't kill me, other than you know the girly or so forth. Obviously, right, but right. some of the ones that you mentioned wouldn't have a problem with that at all. So that's my top ten. All right, I like the top ten, Rick. All right, we still got time. We got about half a segment left, so let's play the game if you recognize the music. Although I changed the name last week, I called it Deal or No Deal. Rick, you were a jerk and wouldn't play along. I played. I answered every question. Well, I don't know if it should be a deal. Anyhow, I simplified it for you. I know at your age the synapses aren't firing like they used to. You're not flexible at all. Well, you got there. Right? Well, not phys- Well, I'm certain you're not physically flexible, <laughs> but you're not flexible in your thinking. You're not willing to work with me. So I simplified it for you big time, Rick. We're just going to steal it from every other show out there. This week's episode of Buy or Sell. Do you understand how this one works? The reason, you get it. The reason it didn't work good last week is well, because you ruined it. That was a bad fade. That was pathetic. Yeah, yeah it was. But you started, okay, Rick, and I forget what the question was, but just we'll say example, you know, LaShawn McCoy. Big deal, little deal, no deal. You know, it wasn't cut and dry. It should have been deal or no deal. Well, this is cut and dry. Okay. Buy or sell, Rick. Okay. I'm start out. Hey, do we have um, buy or sell sound effects? We don't. We don't. I need need to load that in. We don't have any. We got the factor fiction if you want to hit that. But I think that's that's better less safe for factor fiction. We don't want to confuse our dear audience. Okay. I I assume if they're wasting two hours listening to this, they're not any brighter than us, so let's not throw them out of whack. Yeah. No offense, Dean. You're a hell of a guy. All right, Rick. But you didn't listen to us. (laughs) 
real simple here. No need to complicate it. Tyler Gaffney now in two games, 11 carries, 31 yards, three catches, 11 yards. Looks like that good, quick receiving back. Deion Lewis out. Tyler Gaffney by or sell? Buy. Why not? Somebody's got to do it. Two or three it. games, right? That's yes. the problem with right. The, Somebody's got to do it in New England. I almost hate to bring this up when I'm trying to get you to participate in the game because this guy, yeah, why wouldn't you buy? Right. I think he's going to have some big games. I think he could fill that Deion Lewis role. If he can make the squad, which it might be a big if up yeah. there in New England, quite frankly, if he can make this squad and get himself on the field in those Deion Lewis situations – this might be a low flex almost week to week. It's something I'm just keeping an eye on. I'm buying him for now. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's move on from that. Rick, this one I'm, I'm excited about. And we've talked about, you know, we're here in Western PA. Gee, and I'm supposed to say buy, apparently. I wish you would, but I'm buying it. I'll, I'll tip my hand now. But we live here in Western PA. <laughs> don't make faces at the camera. In case, I don't know if we announced that we're doing our maiden voyage here, trying our awful static camera as I blow uh, hookah smoke at the camera and Rick shakes his head in derision at me into the camera. And it's totally distra- – anyhow, Rick, here in Western PA, we saw this kid through high school, one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in person, making the transition to wide receiver and tearing it up so far in both camp and the preseason – Three, only three catches, he's a deep threat. Three catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown in two games. Terrell Pryor, Rick, buy or sell? Sell. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that uh, he's going to be used in any, you know, large capacity. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I need to see more. Yeah, three catches. Right. Yeah, 107 yards, really. Yeah, no doubt. That's impressive, but three catches. Yeah. All right? I don't buy into Mike Wallace, so I'm not buying into Terrell Pryor. I, I need to see. That could be the knock on him. I need to see crisp routes. I need to see the quarterback going to him more. You know, it, it, it doesn't just need to be a splash play. Right. So. Yeah, I, I want to see him as a route runner and as a more of a complete player before I'm buying into Terrell Pryor. I'll tell you what, I'm buying now with the understanding. I think when I buy him, if I'd asked you this question in March, you, you'd have looked at me like I was an idiot. Now, I know right, you true. always look at me like I'm an idiot. Right, I, I didn't even go there. But you were thinking it. No. If you didn't have your nose in your phone, the camera never lies. Can't right? help it. <laughs> busy man, uh, running I'm a that, busy man running that produce empire up there. He, he's got to stay on top of things. But I think he's worth rostering at this point. I think he already is going to be that Mike Wallace splash play type of guy. That makes him worth rostering right there. Josh Gordon's out at least four games. Everything says he's out of shape. I don't buy into If this was buy or sell Josh Gordon, I'm selling I want no part yep. of Josh Gordon. At least, you know, I could see Josh Gordon having like a bust out in week 12 or something, right? I think it takes him that long to get back into if it. If he's not hurt. I think Terrell Pryor's probably the number one wide receiver on this team. I think his style fits in with a guy like RG3 if he can stay on the field with that read option. I'm not saying he's a even a two, number two wide receiver, but he's worth rostering and keeping your eye on. That's where I'm buying into Terrell Pryor. Yeah, I mean, 
everything you say I agree with. I just don't know if I want to buy into Terrell Pryor stock on my fantasy squad. I think it's more I want to. Whether or not it's correct, I'm not sure, but I really want to. These athletic freaks we talked about Slash earlier, here's one of those guys. I think with a creative offensive mind, there's some opportunities there. All right, let's move on. And that's the thing. I mean, it's... Is Terrell Pryor earning this spot? I mean, let's not forget, you know, Corey Coleman's got a hammy. You know, Josh Gordon suspended. You know, Andrew Hawkins is hurt. You know, that's why he's playing. I'll take it by default. If he takes advantage of it, I'll take it by default. Right. Point being, I mean, is he going to be, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo? As soon as these guys come back, see you on the bench. See ya. If he's averaging a 50-yard touchdown a game like he has in this preseason, they're playing vanilla defense. I know. know, See, that's why I'm not buying into this. There's a there's a spot on Rick Flieger's roster for Terrell Pryor. That's all I'm saying. All right, Rick, buy or sell. 17 carries, 99 yards in two games has been become the darling of the preseason out in Seattle. Rick, Christine Michael, sell. I'm selling as well. He's had his chances. Over and over. Was he on 11 let, teams last season, yeah, I think? Yeah, let's face it. And, no. It's it's kind of like the Bishop Sankey thing that we did a year or so ago. Stop trying to make yeah. Christine Michael happen. Yeah, I know. It's Thomas Rawls' job. Yeah, I agree. Now, you know, is Rawls going to be healthy going into yeah, week that's one? True. I don't know. Do we work Rawls in slow? Michael's going to get some work, don't get me wrong. But this belief that's bubbling up that he's going to win this number one job, because he's having a good camp and he's had two really good preseason games, I'll give him that. You get a healthy Thomas Rawls back whenever that happens, so much better of a bag. And it comes down to just what you said. He's had ample opportunities everywhere he was last season. He was like on a bus tour of the NFL, getting jobs for one week and immediately getting cut thereafter. This is one I'm not shoving my chips in. Nope. Look, if I draft a Thomas Rawls, if Michael's around, how much longer, you know, into your double digit rounds, yeah, it's worth throwing him at the end of the roster. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe Rawls goes down. I don't know what happens. But that's it. I see him as nothing but a handcuff for Rawls. I believe in Rawls that much, which is almost as unpopular as my Langford opinions, quite frankly. Well, maybe, but I don't know. It's To me, it's Rawls' job to lose. And, I mean, of course, it's predicated on his health. We all know that. But I'm just not sure that Pete Carroll is going to – find that Christine Michael is this guy that you can just hand the ball to right. if your number one back's not in. Right, which and, is what Pete Carroll's used to when you have right. a guy like Marshawn Lynch. Exactly. Somebody you just turn around and can bang it up in there. All right, well, we're running out of time. I want to keep moving. Rick, my boy from Pitt, Tyler Boyd. Week one, only one catch, 40 Bye. yards. Week two, 38 yards Bye. and a touchdown. Yeah, this guy's exciting. <laughs> yeah. In a good offense, coming out of the slot. Look, I don't think he's going to be a huge PPR guy. I don't think he's a 100-catch guy. This guy's going to make some splash plays, and he's exciting. He, and he's a quality player, and I think it's he's only going to improve. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you talk about dynasty, or I mean, grab this oh, guy. Absolutely. Gee whiz. But, yeah, I'm buying all in on this guy. Yeah, yeah, this is a guy – I think he's an every-week flex play right out the gate as a rookie. I saw him live at Pitt over and over again. 
They threw to him every time they needed a first down. They handed the ball off to him. He was 25% of their running game. He is that type of player. You find ways to get it in his hands, and then he takes care of the rest. And I think Cincinnati has the ability to do that. You've seen it in part with Giovanni Bernard, with Tyler Eifert out early in the early in the year. I think that gives Boyd those opportunities to really solidify himself yeah. and earn those touches as the year goes on. All right, Rick, we got about a minute left, so let's squeeze one more in. A guy who's rocketing up draft boards, Marvin Jones, four catches, sixty-five yards last week, just shooting up, heading into, out to Detroit. But Marvin Jones by herself. I'll buy with the caveat it's not going to be real high expensive price. Right. You know, I think it's high time that Marvin Jones got a change of scenery, and I think it's going to be good for him. And, you know, because it was just seemed like, okay, this is a year for Marvin Jones. And then that year would come and go. And, uh, this is the year for Marvin Jones. And, uh, I tell you what, I think I could. I, I'm buying into seeing significant improvement from Marvin Jones in 2016. Rick, I'm selling for everything you just said up before you said you're buying. Mm-hmm. We've been looking for that guy on the right. other side of AJ Green for how many years? And for how many years? Marvin Jones, watch it. Here's the guy. Right. Here's the guy. He's never become that guy. And he's still the guy on the other side. I'm not willing to trust him. He's rocketed up into the end of the fifth round, top of the sixth round on the ADPs I'm looking at now. Way too high for a Marvin Jones. Oh, I agree. It, I said I'm buying into Marvin Jones, but not yeah, very expensive. Yeah, it's just – and I, quite frankly, I don't buy it whatsoever. I, we've said – I feel like we've said this about Marvin Jones for 15 years. And that's a legitimate concern. I don't know question. how long he's been in the league, but I feel like for 15 years <laughs> we've been saying this about him. I and, know. and you won't fool me again. I'm a dummy and I'm easy to fool, but after – Fool me 15 times, isn't shame it, on you. Isn't it funny how you have a guy like um, Marvin Jones? Seems like he's been around for 10 years. But then you have a 30-year-old Gary Barnage who seems like the <laughs> yeah, newest sensation. Year, yeah, last year was his rookie year. Yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly, what, it that's like. what it seems like because the guy never caught more than three balls in his life until last year. All right, Rick. Well, let's pay the bills. We'll come back with the mailbag. And remember, you're listening to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show exclusively on the Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. We are Fligger and Briggs. Hey, it's football time again on Arena Sports Net, and we have a double play for you. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern, the Michigan City Wolves host the Raiders of Northridge with Brian Snow on the call. And less than an hour later, the St. Joseph Chargers make their debut on Arena Sports Net Chicago as they travel to Elmwood Park with an 8.15 Eastern kickoff. Both games will be available live on the network. Go to arenasportsnet.com slash mcwolves for the Michigan City game and slash sjchargers for the St. Joseph game. Arena Sportsnet bringing the spotlight back to the student-athlete. High school football is here, Rick, I believe, as we have the Caveman Draft coming up Friday night. You're pulling a doubleheader as your boy is starting out as well. It seems early to be playing high school football. They will have two games under their belt before school starts. That's crazy. I think so, but what are you going to do? Because I think it's because of the playoffs. Probably, You know, they have so many more playoffs than when we were in school. That's true. You got your 
division playoffs and then your state playoffs if you're fortunate enough to get there. So, yeah, I think they just have a lot more football to squeeze in. But no mind, we got the caveman draft and your boys' first game of senior year. I don't think get days get a whole hell of a lot better for you. No, nah, I can't wait. And, and another bonus is I get to close the store at 5 o'clock to make sure I get <laughs> to the game. It'll look like that all those uh, towns in East Texas, right, where every right. business has a sign, closed, gone to the game. That's I like right. it. That's right. Shut it down. Just leave a slot. They can just shovel the money in. Just <laughs> yeah, shovel that gee. money in, folks. Yeah, at, uh, boy. At Rosemary Lane. All right, Rick. I hold in my hand. I guess the camera's off now. So yeah. I, all this it's black. gesticulating doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really serve its purpose. I see you, though. I but th- I, I hold in my it. hand, Rick, the remainder of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Mailbag. Send us your questions. Get yours in. Get them read on the air. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at AsylumFootball. While we're talking about Twitter, one little little left turn here. One little exit ramp I want to take. Attention fantasy guys. Attention sports guys. Basically, attention anybody. I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care yeah, why really. you're voting for them. I don't care who you're not voting for and why you're not voting for them. If I give a fantasy analysis or a tweet on a football player, don't find a way to tie it into the ineptitude of the presidential candidate you don't like. Just stop. Look, nobody likes you. Nobody cares. Stop it. Just stop. You know Twitter has that mute function now, right, Rick? Yeah. There's people we've been following for a long time. I'm muting at a just a breakneck pace. When the election's over, I'll stop. I can't take it. Why do I care what you think? Why are my thoughts on Melvin Gordon tied into candidate A or B? I don't even want to say names because I don't want to get into it here. I just don't care. I want to talk about football. Like you have a right to get on your Twitter feed and say anything you want about anyone you want. I have the right to mute you. I can't take it anymore. Just stop. Just stop. It's You're not that important. No one likes you. Just stop, please. Yeah. Right. I just it, wanted to get that off my chest. And because, like you said, because you like candidate A over candidate B, or you like Jamal Charles over Adrian Peterson. Right. Either way, it doesn't make you a soulless, evil <laughs> when, troll. When did that happen? Because you have an opinion. When did that happen that we can't disagree? Oh, I do. I know exactly when it happened. Okay. When social media started, when, <laughs> every, right. when everybody's faceless and you don't have to stand the nose to nose to somebody true. and call them an idiot. That's true. When you can hide behind your smartphone and your iPad and your laptop and, and call people names. But be, because I like this, that, or I like pizza, or this kind of beer, that doesn't make me a fascist. That doesn't make me an uninformed... Look, what makes me an uninformed boob is the fact that I'm an uninformed boob. It's not because of who I'm going to vote for, how I want to draft my fantasy team, blah, blah, etc. I just It's gotten to the point, Rick, I've, I've never been prolific 
on Twitter. That's been more your gig. But anymore, I can't take it. I just can't take it. That's anymore. all right. Let's get to the mailbag. What do you say? Oh, yeah, let's do let's, that. Let's end on a positive Back, note right. here. Back to football. Rick, first question comes from Andy from your hometown of Grove City, Pennsylvania. All right, Andy. He didn't give his last name, so I don't know if you know. You probably know Andy. It's, I know, it's like, a, know a couple of Andys. It's like Mayberry but... up there. I assume you all know each other. Does the reduction of Le'Veon Bell's suspension move him back into the first round for you fellas? Not to me. Not for me, no. You could argue like 112, I guess. Yeah. I think he's still mid-second round. I don't think I'm going to own a lot of Le'Veon Bell. I don't think I am either any longer. But, uh, no, I it, yeah, I'm with you, Rick. It's uh... – <sighs> He's not going to fall to mid second to two twelve. He's not going. Hey, if fall I got Jamal Charles at two five, right? Le'Veon Bell sitting there. I think I might go Jamal Charles, even though I've got Le'Veon Bell over him. I'm not sure now. It's just there's something wanky about Le'Veon Bell. You know, it, it, there's always something with him. You, you see what right. I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, he's suspended. Well, then. Then what's he? Then what's going to happen? He's going to get hurt, or you know, it always seems to be something with Le'Veon Bell. That's my Bell. concern. Can he finish a season? Can exactly. He? Look, they've all been freak injuries. Vontez Burfick bending him in half. I don't want to say, you know, he's he's not, uh, you know, Dmac. You know what I mean? He's right. not Derek McFadden, where he's got little nagging things. He gets devastating injuries, but. You know, two years in a row with suspensions, two years prior to that with devastating season-ending injuries. I worry about that just as much, quite frankly. Oh, I do I, too. I really do. And so here's the answer to the question, Andy. He's going to move into, if not the end of the first round, real early in the second round. If your question is, do you make that move there? I'm going to tell you no, quite frankly. I'm, I'm going to say avoid that. If you can get him to eight and after – I say go ahead and hop all over it, but you're not going to. It's just not going to happen. And that one-game suspension, I saw some industry drafts where he was falling into the third with this four-game suspension. That two-gamer has completely wiped that off the map. So will he? Maybe. Should you get involved in that? I, I say absolutely not. All right, let's move on. I'm going to cherry pick here. Here's Carmen in Chicago. I, I was hoping it was Carmen. Remember Carmen San Diego? Where in the world? Oh, yeah, Carmen I remember Sandy. that. But this Carmen is from Chicago. She wants to know, gentlemen, how do I get my boyfriend to back up off my fantasy squad? Carmen must be a, <laughs> a younger lady. I am so much better at this than him, and he's always meddling with my team, and it's killing me. That's a fair question, Rick. What do you do if you're Carmen? Well, you just get on your computer and don't give him your login to your site. Well, I'm How guessing, can he meddle on the team? I'm guessing he's in her ear all the time. She's got to dump him, right? I mean, she's well, got to move on. Well, number one, you either If he's not good at fantasy football, if she's better at him than fantasy football, you need someone on equal footing. Well, or he's got to go. Well, either that or have him get better. You know, get your own team. Right. And if you do have a team, then start beating me consistently before you start worrying about my team. I say dump the loser. Oh, that, yeah. I think that's what you got to do, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm not sure. She could have given a other. Well, that's than, our answer just about anything. Yeah, just dump it. Forget <laughs> it. Be alone. Just, just, just. 
sequester yourself somewhere, play fantasy football, do a podcast, and otherwise unplug completely from society. Exactly. But, but I think it's a good point. In it, you probably usually works the other way, right? Where the well, no, I think this is probably the way it works. Never mind. I'm not sure where I was going with that. But look, just if you're not gonna dump him, you know, maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. <laughs> I still I dump the loser. Just tell him to back off. Make a wager. You know what? All right. Hands off of mine. I got my hands off of yours. We're going head to head. Total points, assuming they're in different leagues. At the end of the year, you follow the asylum. You'll beat him. And then when that happens, and those are the stakes. If you beat me, we can keep this going. If you lose to me, as I suspect you will, you're out, pal. Kick rocks. Beat cheeks. Go away. I need me a real man. There you go. Maybe, depending on what Carmen looks like, maybe Rick Fleer. I don't know. There you go. All right, Carmen. So let's move on from there, Rick. We have Allen from Beltsville, Maryland. I have the eighth overall pick in a 12-team full-point PPR. I have man love for – he listens to the show. I have man love for Allen Robinson. Am I crazy to take him at this spot in the first round? No. No, I think that's probably no, about where his ADP is now. He's been – that cat's been rocking it's crazy. up. Yeah, I mean – I think there are probably receivers, well, I mean, not probably, obviously receivers over him, you know, that I would have ranked over him that would still be on the board at the eighth pick. But I have to go back to everything you and I preach, Rick. If if in your gut is this is your guy, mm-hmm. you're not going to get him in the second round. So Bought it two, what would that be? Nah, yeah. Four or five, two, whatever that yeah, would be. Yeah, two, four or five, something like that. Yeah, and if you are that strong about it, you know, it's not like you're saying, well, you know, I want to get Jonathan Stewart. I mean, yeah, right. Alan Robinson is very, is a very complete player and has all the tools. So if you're looking for a breakout from him at number eight and, and there's no change in your mind on Alan Robinson, go for him. I yeah. mean, you know, go with your gut, man. And I agree with him. And if you look at uh, current ADPs, you know, in order, the the receivers are going AB, Julio, OBJ, Hopkins, AJ Green, Dez, Allen Robinson's going at 110. So maybe you're taking Robinson over Dez. The next guys are Brandon Marshall, Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper. The only one below him you could argue for might be, I know you would, Rick, would be Brandon Marshall. Oh, look, it, I'll tell you what, and here's... But I think A-Rod, Rob, set the sky's the limit for this. Here's open. Sure. Here's an open book to, to you guys. I mean, this is how I am with Brandon Marshall. There's guys out there, oh, he, they're going to take such steps back. He's just going to be regressing. In the expert draft of Fantasy Greek that we did, did you remember it was months ago? Yeah, you I took just, him in the first round, didn't you? Sixth overall pick. Wow, <laughs> that's high. He's a hundred plus catch guy. Well, no, no, I agree you with know. you. What I'm saying is sort of to my to my point to. And I'm right. sorry, I forget the forget the listener's name. Allen, Allen down there in Beltsville. He's the only guy from an ADP standpoint that you would I would consider after Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson isn't coming back to you in the second round with an ADP of 202, depending on who you're drafting with, and the thought, Rick, that you bring up with Allen Robinson or with Brandon Marshall, there's a chance he could come back around to you in the second. Yeah. There's a chance you may be taking him over Dez. 
I, I, I'd be okay with that, Robinson over Dez. That's one I'd have to think about, but I would certainly be fine with taking Robinson over him. If you could swing back and then get a Brandon Marshall, you're sitting real pretty because I the sky's the limit for Allen Robinson right. this year, quite frankly. I wouldn't be stunned if he was a guy that made that leap into the top five. Right. All right, Rick, let's go to Greg, Alexandria, Virginia. Apparently we're big in the DMV all of a sudden. That's all right. In the last two weeks, I've heard Flieger say that he plans to die early and that Briggs is on death's door. Do you guys have a backup plan for if for the show if one of you does kick the bucket? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Well, it obviously will be Flieger. Probably. And... Well, yeah, I do have a backup plan, and it's going to. Rick's going to have to show me the the technical side of it. You we know. talked about this for four years, and we've never right. done it. Wait, because you won't take the time because <laughs> I'm a because once I know how to do this stuff, I won't need you. <laughs> so, so that you know, but yeah, that the backup plan is. Well, I believe we've discussed. We have none. You are going to. You're not going to do it the day I die. Or vice versa. We're not going to do it the day one of us dies, but we're going to go. I believe we discussed this. We're going to go to the first viewing or to the funeral, whichever it is, and then on the way back before the wives get home, the the widow, you're going to enter the house and take all the equipment well, to yeah. your place. Now right. I believe we have most, if not all, of the equipment here right now, yeah. so I won't have to do that in the event of your untimely death. But in the event of mine. You go in, you look at my rotting carcass, you give the give the wife a nod, and then you come back and you load up all the crap. And when she gets home, it's just gone. It's good. She don't know what's yeah. here anyway. No, so she, she doesn't know what any of it. Nothing. She doesn't know what it even means. So <laughs> you know where the key is, or I don't lock the doors here. So hey, maybe we could just like write like a little permission slip to one another. You know, if I yeah. die, you can just go into the house just anytime and take, take, the, take stuff. the crap. Anything right. associated with the show now becomes your... Right. Now, I do... I thought about this after I read this question. I got a little bit of a proposition for you. Now that we're going video, and, of course, our first take in the last segment, the sound didn't work out, so there'll be no video this week, but it's something we're going to continue to effort. You remember the movie Weekend at Bernie's, Rick? Oh, yeah. That was great. I have enough sound clips of you to where I think <laughs> I could string you up like Bernie and just through the, the just talk to myself and, and through the soundboard, you know what I mean? And then if you if you're getting mad at me, I'll pull on the string and you could point at me like, well, I'll have one finger pointed and the other one just sort of generally waving around. And if I could get your head to turn a little bit, I think that'd be pretty good. Maybe we we, got sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we look at a a weekend at Bernie's type of theme. It is something that could keep the show going on. Because I'm not really a people person, Rick, and finding somebody else I'm willing to sit in a room with for two hours a week is going to be pretty tough for me. Yeah, that, that is a tough part. Well, Rick, I am going to, I'm being summoned to um, guest appear oh, on geez. the Fantasy Greek show. <laughs> that, that's just pathetic. It is See, pathetic. I got stuff like that, Rick. Right. I could I could gum you up a little bit. I have the soundboards, and we could just do the show together as you die. Would your wife release the, the body to me? Oh, I'm sure. Why not? All right. Well, good enough. All right. Well, Rick, Rick's going to take off. Uh, Jim was so kind to join us in the uh, second segment here. We have agreed to, well, by we, I mean Rick has agreed to go on Jim's show. Here in this hour. So take so. care. <laughs> there we go. we got to get that in. So I am going to wrap up the show and the mailbag here on the way out. So let's hop on over to 
How about, oh, there's so many questions. Uh, Ashley from Medina, Ohio. This is a good question here, one we uh, we don't uh, haven't talked about a lot. Who are some late-round running backs that you guys are targeting? You know, this is an interesting question, especially, and I'm surprised we don't get it more with all of the, you know, the no running back theory out there. You know, one guy I'm looking at, I guess it depends on your definition of late. I'm going to use the seventh rounder after. And there's an A number one guy, and this is a good one to bring up when Rick's not here because I know he'd be in total agreement, so you're not missing any type of debate here. First and foremost, late-round quarterback, he's got an ADP of 7.08, which is just ridiculous, is Rashad Jennings. You know, we talked about the bell cow earlier and how we're tired of that phrase and we don't even know what it means. But all word out of Giants camp is that Rashad Jennings is going to be the bell cow for the New York Giants. He has shown flashes Really, he could have had big seasons the last two if he didn't have to deal with Andre Williams sniping goal line carries. Rashad Jennings is a guy I'm really excited about. I really like. Another guy going in the eighth round, Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Look, I know they brought in DeMarco Murray. It's really starting to look like this is going to be a 50-50 split. But I'll tell you what, 50% of what Mark DeMarco and Derrick Henry are doing even in the beginning of these preseason games, averaging each you know five yards a carry, getting in the end zone. Derrick Henry's a guy in a flex spot, is a bye week number two, maybe is a regular low end number two if you've gone zero RB and loaded up on at the wide receiver position. Derrick Henry's a guy who won't kill you. I don't think he's going to beat out DeMarco, but then if a DeMarco Murray would go down, look out, look out. That's all I can say. And then to sort of tag along, I'll give you one more. Right now he's going 10.04. Jim, the fantasy Greek, talked about it earlier in the show, is Isaiah Crowell. He makes an excellent point in the fact that Hugh Jackson likes to have that big number one guy. Look, you're paying a big price tag, I believe a fifth-round price tag, on a guy like Duke Johnson, where I think Isaiah Crowell is going to get the carries. If RG3 performs even adequately and earns some respect for for the running or for the passing game, excuse me, there in Cleveland, I think that Isaiah Crowell could set up for a pretty decent little season. So those are those are some guys you can target who are going to get some carries, and that's what I'm looking for if I'm waiting to late in the draft. Somebody who's going to get a workload. It will let the success or failure work itself out there. But if you give me a guy like Crowell who's going to touch the ball plenty, you give me a guy like Rashad Jennings who's going to touch the ball plenty, that is a guy I am targeting late in the draft. So let's move on here. That was Ashley. How about Travis from Austin, Texas? I believe Jamal Charles is going to return to form. Do you? How long can I wait to draft him? <laughs> wow, I feel like uh, – I didn't screen that very well. I feel like we built, beat the Jamal Charles thing to death. So, obviously, you know I agree. I think Rick agrees, although maybe a little more tentatively, but he agrees that he's going to return to form, that he's going to be Jamal Charles, even, even if he gets a little bit of time off. As far as how long can you wait to draft him, look, you got to move early in the second round. You know, I think if, if you're picking at the top of your draft – I'm not sure you're going to have Jamal Charles because you can't take him in the first eight, seven or eight picks, obviously. <clears throat> but I'm not sure he falls back to you in the middle of the, 
end of the second round. So if you're picking middle end of your draft, you know, mid-second round, two, I'm good with you taking him basically anywhere in the second round, you know, two, 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 three, two, four, which seems to be where his ADP is going. And if that's where you're at and you're believing in Jamal Charles, you know, if you're picking 110, I think you can, I think you can wait and let him fall. It's going to depend a lot on, on who you're drafting with, and I assume you know who you're drafting with. But the opinion is, I think the point is, you can, you can wait, you can bend it back around and get Jamal Charles there early in the second round. So let's move on to Mike from Springfield, Massachusetts, home from the home of the basket pro basketball Hall of Fame, which I've actually visited. But uh, Springfield, that that's dangerous business there. All right. Now, uh, so anyhow, Mike, with Garoppolo's performance so far in the preseason, is Gronk's value rising? <laughs> I can't believe the way I read that. That was terrible. With Garoppolo's performance so far in the preseason, is Gronk's value rising is how a man <laughs> would have read that. Mike, I don't think it ever fell. Quite frankly, you, you know, it's he still was going that middle late first round. You know, let me, you know, real quick, I'll take a spin here on his ADP, see where he's going. Well, he actually fell to 2.03. I think that's probably just about right. He's not going to have the success that he had with Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's pretty obvious, quite frankly. However, you know, I have to wonder if. Look, he's still going to get his work. That's the point. Is it going to be as good as Tom Brady? No, but I think what Jimmy Garoppolo has shown is that he is a legit NFL quarterback. He can get it done. He's going to make some mistakes. It's not going to be as crisp. It's not going to be as robotic and automatic as it is with Tom Brady. But Garoppolo has proven to be adequate he has proven to be a professional quarterback who's going to have the capability of getting the ball to Gronk and moving the ball down the field and Gronk getting his chances in the red zone so so yeah I'm I don't think he's going to move up but I don't think he moved down all that much now the follow-up is for me and that wasn't the question was asked and plenty of people many a year have taken in my opinion, Gronk too high. I, I don't like as well as he performs with his injury history, with the fact that he still at the end of the day is a tight end. I don't necessarily like that pick in the first round or even the even the early second. I know we probably shouldn't compare him to other tight ends. You almost look at him as your as your number one wide receiver. I get that. There is some really, really good mid level tight end talent. Tight end talent that can be can be had. You know, Jordan Reed in the fourth round, Greg Olson all the way to the fifth, Delaney Walker, Kobe Fleener, Travis Kelsey all in the sixth, Tyler Eifert. Although you're going to lose some games early on in the end of the seventh, eighth round for Gary Barnage. I love what Julius Thomas is doing in the ninth. Zach Ertz is a guy I'm really excited about. Low end of the ninth. Antonio Gates, as all the young guys out there, the hotshot tight ends they bring in, fizzle out or get injured. Antonio Gates is back and healthy and ready to go. You can have him in the 10th round. I am going to, I've said it for years, and, and I can't get people to come on board. 
I am going to recommend staying away from Gronk with Tom Brady, without Tom Brady, healthy or not. Those are fantastic points to plug into that tight end position. But what you're giving up there, you're coming through. If you're drafting Gronk, you're, draft, you're drafting at the end of your draft. So you're walking away from the first two rounds without one of the following, without a top-tier wide receiver or without a top-tier running back. You're walking away without one of them. So that, that's something I, I can't recommend you do. So I'm avoiding Gronk altogether. But to answer your question, I think he's going right about where he should go. Well, we are joined already in progress with time left in the show by Mr. Rick Briggs. That was a quick hit you did there with Jim. Well, I uh, actually, uh, I can't hear myself. Am I on? I think so. Okay. Um, oh, wait, yeah. no, we can hear you. Try that. Okay, yeah, oh, there we go. That'd you be... were gone and forgotten. Yeah, already. Was there was a off. contingency plan that that guy was talking about when I <laughs> weekend left. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. I, I got to put that pulley system in here. I got a project yeah. for the weekend. No, I'm I got excited. a few questions of uh, wisdom and um you know, you went to somebody else, and so you, you uh, I lost contact. I didn't bother to call back in. All right. Well, hey, that's that's good enough. So uh, you check out the what, what's Jim's show called? Do you remember? All right. Well, we'll we'll tweet it out. We'll put it on the website. You can hear even more of Rick Briggs, and who wouldn't want that? All right, Rick. Where are we? We only got a couple questions left, and only a couple minutes. It worked out perfectly today. Mike from Joyzy asks, any hyped players you fellas are avoiding this season? Oh boy! Perfect question for you. Is you wrote the? Didn't you write the overhyped? Uh, well, yeah, overvalued is yeah. not so much hype, I guess. But um, well, I mean, I'm not avoiding Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just not buying into the hype of being a top three running back. Right. So I don't know. I mean, that that's well documented. So I don't really know if that's a great answer for for Nick or whatever. What was it, Nick from Joyzy? Mike from Mike, Georgia. I'm sorry. Oh, Mike. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough question. I got to be honest, Rick. Does it feel like there's not a lot of overhyped players this year? Maybe save for Elliot. It's kind of There's a lot of negative hype. That's that's exactly yeah, but, where I'm going. You know, like, oh, maybe it's cuz you should stay away from Blake Bortles. Oh, Calvin Benjamin. You know, stay away from him. And so forth. And, and Yeah, maybe it's the election year thing where we're all so angry and so negative. You don't see players in general being hyped, overhyped, or otherwise. Right. There's vitriol and hatred for a lot of guys that I think yeah. have a chance to succeed. Jeremy Langford, uh, Blake Bortles you brought up, right. uh, Thomas Rawls. There are so many of these guys out here who performed admirably in Folks out there don't even want to yeah. give them a cursory look or an they acknowledgement. Went, they're going to regress. Yeah, what, what you does know, that mean? Devontae Freeman, I've seen that. I have seen so many articles in just the last week or so. Devontae Freeman, Brandon Marshall, the whole Jets offense um, regressing. Uh, um, and I'm trying to think of some other ones. But, yeah, you're right. It, that's what it is. It, it's like the election year negativity is yeah, what it is. It's just I, like bad ads on everybody. Yeah, I, I think that's almost what it has to be. Right. But I don't feel like there's a guy out there that's Not being a lot. hyped way up. You know, any, 
I can't think any. Sammy Coates, maybe, but it, how hyped is he being? Oh, and, I, and that hype's clean. Sammy Coates, I've seen more negative stuff on him. He can't pick up any of the momentum that he got it, it late last year. He had one catch. Yeah. I mean, come on, it wasn't momentum. It was a real nice catch. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah. But there, it wasn't momentum. He was, he's coming into his spotlight. Yeah, and he's okay. getting, getting a and, big opportunity. And, of course, he fumbled the first preseason games. Everybody, oh, look. He stinks. He's not Lima Swede, for God's sakes. He can catch, okay? <laughs> oh, Lima Swede, a name you don't How about want. enough? We got time for another No, one? we don't. We ah. are out of time, my friend. Thank you to everyone who joined us this week here on the Arena Sports Network. Check us out, AsylumFantasySports.com. At Asylum Football on Twitter. If you want to be in the mailbag next week, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We will be back next week with a recap that you're all waiting for. Oh, that's the right. Man draft. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. I don't think this is the song I intended. I hope not. It's a good song. I lived in Carolina. You lived everywhere. You're a damn gypsy. <laughs> Anywhere I say, you've lived there. Nah, not anywhere. Only east of the Mississippi. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been west. Only one time. I wish you'd go. I almost went to Vegas. Did I ever tell you that? Yeah. I almost hey, moved to Vegas. I wish I would have. I almost moved to Alaska. That'd be awesome. It's hard to understand the way I'm But I went to Florida instead. <laughs> They're kind of two opposites. Yeah, really. All right, we got to go.